Welcome to the Topeka First Assembly podcast. We hope this message serves as an encouragement to you. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so online at www.topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. This morning, we're, we're over back in the book of Matthew, and we're looking at Matthew 24 and then 25, uh, but mainly in 25, and we're continuing a series on Stay Strong. But not only do we want to stay strong, but we also want to keep serving. We want to keep moving. We want to keep rolling, so to speak. And today we're in the same setting that we were last time when Jesus was teaching his disciples about end time events, about what, what's uh, taking place. And even now we're, we're, fa- we've, we're facing some difficult times in our world, unlike what most have experienced in their lifetime come through many different things, and uh, some wonder if we're, we're near World War III or whatever is happening with all of this, and if, if, we are, if, we, if we aren't, we need to follow the words of Jesus. We need to follow His words no matter what, and part of Jesus' response uh, was more direct in what He was talking to the disciples about end time, and, and part of it, He was helping them to stay strong and to stay grounded. Because it's important for us as followers of Jesus, not only to be strong, but also to become grounded. Well, you say grounded how? Grounded in God's word, uh, knowing what he says and teaches so that we can follow his pathway. And so they asked Jesus over in Matthew chapter 24, verse 3 to 6. It should be on the screen for you. I'm going to jump in for a little bit. It says, tell us uh, when this will happen and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age. Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah, and will deceive many. Uh, You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. And then later on in the chapter, he says in 2436, uh, Jesus told them, but about the day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. And this is before his resurrection, of course. And and we don't know the day, we don't know the time. Uh, We don't want to be caught up in the euphoria of fear that takes place in times like this either. But we need to be uh, caught up in faith and trust in the Lord with this deep trust and hope in Christ. Because we know He is the one that's grounded. He is the one that's solid. And in Him we can trust and look to in every day we face. Every, everybody has different views of waiting, right? We all kind of have different views of it. Some people have no problem waiting. Uh, some people, uh, they, they, they have a different view of being excited when they're, when they're expecting a, a family member to come home that maybe they have been gone, gone for a while. It really depends on who you are, right? It depends on you as an individual and how you relate to those situations. Say you have an Uncle Bobo. Now, you say, what? We had a dog named Bobo in Africa. But anyway, so, so you have this uncle. And this uncle, he likes to head out and he likes to travel. He's a world traveler. And so he gets out there and he, he's going out and, and, and coming back. And it's so exciting when this uncle comes back to meet you and your family. 
And so you're always ready for him. You're, you know he's probably going to bring you a trinket if you're a kid or if you're an adult. Maybe he has some housewarming gift for you. Uh, but, but this guy, he, he's a, since he's a world traveler, he's got some stories of adventure. And so when he comes your way, you're ready to listen. You're all ears. You're waiting for this guy. What, what is he going to tell us this time? And, and so you enjoy him so much that you will even... Uh, have something maybe you want to give him. Maybe you made him a craft. Maybe you had something for him to, uh, uh, to come and, and join you guys. Uh, maybe you made some nice dinner or something for him and invited a bunch of friends and family. It, it really comes down to how you perceive this uncle. It really comes down to that. And, and maybe you've had a brother or sister who really don't like this guy. They just don't like him, and they're, they're less than excited because they say every time he comes, he, he pinches their cheek and, and says things to them and gives them a cheesy grin and all that kind of stuff. But, but sure, he gives them a gift, but they say, well, it's not because he cares. He just does that so that because uh, he wants something in return, and their, their perspective may not be right at all. But unfortunately, they just uh, put up with this uncle that comes back to their house. And, and some are more excited than others uh, when they're waiting. Uh, and some have lost their excitement about the return of our Savior. Others have completely lost perspective. Uh, and uh, they, would, they would never say that, uh, but they have. And there's many out there that have lost that perspective. And they're simply living day to day without considering their tomorrow. And it's important for us as followers of Jesus that, yes, we live from day to day, but we do consider tomorrow. Today we're going to jump into this uh, parable of the talents, as it's uh, called in some of the older translations, or some of the newer ones say the uh, parable of the bags of gold. Like I said last time, that when you're interpreting the Bible, or uh, especially a parable like what we're looking at at this point, you need to remember that they usually have one main point. Uh, and that's the key to understanding them. And, and Jesus is using this parable to help his hearers to stay ready and to do what God has for them to do, what he wants them to do. We all have to be able to stay ready for him and to do what the Lord wants to do uh, through our lives. As we look at this parable, there are some things that we can learn from each of the servants and, uh, they're, who are serving their master and who went on a trip, but, but he will be returning back. Why don't you look with me there in Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. It says this, again it, it refers to the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on, on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold uh, at, went at once. You notice he went quickly at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one who uh, with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received the one bag went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid it in his master, hid his master's money. So the master entrusted his wealth to his servants. That's what he's done in this situation. 
Uh, he's entrusted his wealth to them. And Jesus told this parable, of course, before his death. Uh, and, but, but after his resurrection, Jesus approached his disciples and, and he challenged them and he told them in Matthew 28, verses 18 and 19, that, that, that thing we call the Great Commission. And he says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Then he goes on and says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. So just like in this parable, uh, the master has entrusted his wealth to his servants, and it was up to his servants uh, to invest what they have been entrusted with. And you and I have been entrusted with some things, a lot more than bags of gold, a lot more than some talents or some silver, and you and I have been entrusted with the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, and all that it entails for people, and we need to do something with it, and the times that we are living, and there are some people who are hurting in our communities. There are people hurting in our world. And we know that none of us are perfect either, right? We, we have hurts and pains in our lives. That's, that's the way life is. But we have to be there and to encourage one another while we can. We need to be able to do something with the times that we're in. And there are people hurting who need to know that the Lord does care for them. Because he does. He cares tremendously. Otherwise, he wouldn't have sent his son to give his life on the cross for us. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you, you've been entrusted with this wealth that he talks about. And we should, not stop, uh, we, we should stop and consider what the word entrusted actually means. We should think about it for just a moment because in some sense, the, the, the master delegated some responsibility uh, to take care of and invest the gold that, he, uh, that they were given. And so it shows that they, he entrusted their ability to a certain level. He, uh, he uh, gave them the chance to prove their love for the master and to care for the, the job that was set in front of them because the master gave them something to do. But he gave them something of significant value. Whether it's gold or not, we don't know. He doesn't really say that, but that's kind of the way they translate it here in the NIV at that point. But... But, but what, what matters is we've all been given something and uh, we are, we're to be able to invest that into a hurting world and into the body of Christ. And you and I have been delegated this responsibility. See, it's a trust. It's a trust that we have. The Lord's saying, hey, I trust you. I'm going to entrust you with this and so that I'm asking you to be able to do something with it. And so this parable goes beyond uh, last week's parable over Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 to 13, uh, and that Jesus expects his servants to be watchful during the master's absence, and we need to continue to be, uh, but we need to not only be watchful as in being prepared, but we also uh, need to be prepared in performance, in doing what God has us to do. Even if, uh, even if there is a long delay, we need to invest our bags of gold. We need to invest our talents, those things that God has provided for us, uh, till that day of reckoning. 
And a talent could be gold, it could be silver, it could have been copper. Uh, uh, each one of those would have had, of course, its own value. And, of course, the NIV calls it gold uh, here, but this is the newer NIV. But the talent was first a measure according to weight. That's what it was. And uh, it was between usually around 58 to 80 pounds in our, in our time. So 58 to 80 pounds, that's, that's a significant uh, amount of weight, right? And so, uh, and then uh, it, was, it became a unit of coins, a common value to measure. To measure it was 6,000 denarii. Well, you and I don't use that anymore, right? Uh, but uh, not that we ever have. But anyway, uh, if a talent was more than 6,000 denarii, then it would, me it would be... It would take a day laborer, somebody that worked a day laborer job, 20 years to earn so much money, about $300,000. Now, that's not in 2022, probably. That's probably more like in the early 2000s, the late 1990s from the, com from the commentaries that they write about $300,000. We got inflation, right? Took a lot of money. That's a lot of cash. And, and you have been entrusted with the riches of heaven. Each and every one of us have been entrusted with the riches of heaven to be able to share with so many people around us. And uh, it may not be $300,000, but it's those things that God has provided for us. And number one, the Great Commission that he's given to us to be able to share with others. Maybe you were a, a kid that when your parent gave you a dollar to get an ice cream cone that you came back with a double dip fudge sundae. And they're thinking, how in the world could you get a double dip fudge sundae from a dollar bill? Because we know that won't do it. And so you start asking questions, and the kid goes out, and he goes to a Dairy Queen or wherever it is they go, and he takes that dollar, and he goes with a friend, but his friend has a little bit more cash with him, and so his friend gets a double-dip fudge sundae, and he gets the vanilla ice cream cone, right? And so what does he do? He's like, I would rather have that, and maybe the other kid wants what he has, and he says, look, I'll trade you. And he's like, well, how are you going to do it? So he ante's up a little bit more. He said, I've got a stick of gum. He's thinking to the future. And so they swap out. They do a trade. They do some kind of a fair trade, at least what they perceived as being fair. And they make the trade. And so now this kid has the double dip ice cream, and he's all excited about that. And, uh, and they're wondering how he got this chocolate on his face. Well, we need to become honest investors in our walk of faith. Honest investors in our walk of faith, you, you've been entrusted with something from God. Don't let it melt away into a puddle. Find a way to make a return. We need to be able to find a way in our day to make a return on the good news that Jesus has given us so that we can share it with others in our world, whether it's here in our communities, because we all live in lots of different communities, but we, uh, it could also be the communities overseas. We have different things, but we can't leave one out for the other. It needs to be all-inclusive. We need to be able to take what we're given and use it for God's glory. Don't let it melt away. Nothing's worse than having an ice cream cone melt away and land on the floor, right? 
the second, we have the second guy, the, 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 we have, actually we have the first guy here that uh, made a, a major return on his investment. If you notice what was said in the beginning there, that this guy took off at once, I mean right away. Maybe that's the way we would say it now, but he, ha he has five bags of gold and they, and they grew to ten bags and it didn't happen on its own, right? It didn't happen. There, there was something involved in that. It was, it was a great return. And look at what Jesus says about him because there is, there is something to notice here. There in Matthew chapter 25, verse 19, let's read this together. He says, <clears throat> after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share with your, uh, share your master's happiness. So there, there's going to be a day, there will be a day when the Lord settles his account with each and every one of us. And, and every believer will stand before the Lord. And this is, this is who Paul was talking about. He was talking about believers and, and, and 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, when he said these words, when he penned these words, he says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us, each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. So he's talking to believers at that point, and so we, we, we'll, we'll be responsible to our Lord. And we find back in our, para, in our parable here that the first guy had been given five bags of gold or five talents, uh, what, five times 80, whatever that is, and, or five times 58. And, and, and now is the time to notice this servant's perspective about the matter. His perspective really shows up there in what he says. He said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. You entrusted me. He didn't say anything negative about him, about the boss, about the, about the owner. Uh, but, but he recognized his own responsibility in that situation. He, he, uh, he, he accepted the challenge. He didn't lay down on the job. This guy went out to work and to serve until he came back with his pockets full. And not that he was going to keep it for himself, because that's not what he did. And each of us have been entrusted with the Great Commission. Each of us have been entrusted with the, with the responsibilities of the kingdom. And, and you may be teaching kids. You may be in prayer ministries. You may be serving youth. You may serve on the business side of things here at TFA. Uh, but, but we all must be involved in being a witness for our faith to others in this world. One way or the other, we, we need to be able to use our giftings and abilities for the Lord while we still have the opportunity to do it. How are you investing your abilities and your giftings today? Each of us need to be able to ask ourselves that. Are, are you working towards making a return on what you are investing? Are you, are you working towards a return uh, and, and when you teach a, a child the Word of God, you are investing in the next generation. Maybe you say, yeah, but they're, they're toddlers. What are they going to gain? Yeah, they, they learn. 
they learn and you're invested in them. Those are babies. Oh, my goodness. That, they're learning. They're learning faster than some of us that are above 25. I'm, I'm above 25 now. I know. We're, we're, they're learning, right? You don't know, but that child may become the next governor with a solid, healthy view of Jesus and the world. That child may become the next man or woman of God that will completely impact their generation for Christ. And you had a part of that. How are you investing today? How are you investing? When when it comes to your faith in Jesus, how are you investing? We all need to be asking ourselves those questions. And what did Jesus, what did the Lord say to the guy who invested uh, what he was given? He says, well done, good and faithful servants. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Not only did he commend him, he didn't just commend him, but he was saying, let's have a party. We're going to enjoy ourselves now because you've actually done some investing and, and it's made some impact in this world. And so now we can celebrate and we can have a good time. And so now let's look at the second guy here. The second guy, he's, this, this guy, he's made a big return based on his ability. And he grew his investment of two bags of gold into four bags. And so he's worked pretty hard. Look at what he says there in Matthew 25, verse 22. It says, the man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. Pretty much the same, right? He says, you have been faithful with the few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. I think what gets people nervous when they're serving the Lord and when they're investing in the kingdom is this other part that comes in there where he says, you've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. It's like, whoa, wait a second, Lord. And I think sometimes that makes people nervous. But the the second guy didn't get as much work as the first guy. He didn't get as much many bags of gold, right? The first guy got five, and this guy only gets a couple. And so he didn't get as much, but he only received those two. But he, he didn't complain about it either. I just imagine that he knew his own limitations. Most of us know our limitations. We have an idea, or, or if we haven't learned what they are, we, uh, we will soon find them out, right? That's just part of life. As we live, we start finding what those limitations are, and we say, okay, well, this is a limit here, uh, and, so, and so then we have to be able to accept some of those things, and sure, the Lord, uh, he widens our, 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 uh, our view of things in this world, too, and he helps us to grow and move out from where we are, so we don't have to stay the same the, the same level as what we were when we first came to faith. We want to grow, right? But here we see sometimes we, we don't notice our limitations or abilities, and then we can become jealous of the Christian down the row who has all these gifts or abilities. So they got five bags of gold, God. Why didn't I get that? <laughs> or they got two bags. Why didn't, why didn't I get that? And we need to thank God for them because uh, maybe if you were put in that situation or in that position for a while, it may chew you up and spit you out, right? And that can happen to any and each, uh, any one of us. 
It can happen to any one of us, and, and, but the abilities God has given you, they are, they're designed for you, and don't fret about what Joe Blow is doing over here. Allow the Lord to work in your life where you're at. Don't squander what you do have on the wrong things. Use them for God's glory. Invest what you have for the kingdom. If you notice here in, in the parable, like the, the first guy, this guy has the same kind of attitude as the first guy. He says, you entrusted me. You entrusted me. He, he understood that, that the master put trust in him. The master had walked away from the, the, the joy of his estate and left it all behind for those guys to take care of. That's what he did. He walked away from it. And this guy wasn't going to spoil it for him. And when Jesus walked away at the resurrection, he actually walked away from the joy of his estate, the people that were here on earth and who remained. And then he empowered us with the Holy Spirit so we could invest and see the lives of others transformed and saved. The Lord says to the investor of the two bags, he says, well, well done. Good and faithful servant, I have been, you have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of, of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. We're going to celebrate. But he also tells, uh, tells him, like the first guy, I will put you in charge of many things. He gains more authority and responsibility in the kingdom as he invested well. And uh, when you invest well, the Lord will continue to raise you and to put you in places where he needs you. It seems that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, these words. He says, anyone who wants to be first must, must be the very last and the servant of all. See, we have to be able to keep the right perspective. Number one, we are the servant of others. We are all the servant of everybody else. We don't like that always because we think, oh, no, I want to be in leadership. Oh, if you're going to be in leadership, then you're the servant of all. That's Jesus' way of doing things. That's the reality of life. And, and, and he likes that because it shows that we're willing to serve him. What, what are you going to invest in? And I'm sure you're investing in some things right now. There's some things that probably pop into your mind. And maybe, maybe you're just trying to get things together right now and your only investment that you have is yourself. That's okay. Because maybe that's where you are right now. Maybe that's where you're at. But that doesn't, it shouldn't stay that way forever. There's got to be a place where you be able to cut, you come past that and say, okay, I've invested, I've learned, I've gained from others, and the Lord has helped me, and now I'm going to start investing in other ways. But even then, even in the time where you're investing in yourself because you're walking through challenges, it doesn't mean you can't invest in the kingdom of God because you can it's interesting what happened with the woman, uh, the woman at the well, or the Samaritan woman, what she did is it wasn't long. And when she found out who Jesus was, the Messiah, she needed a lot of work on herself, right? She needed God to really help her where she was at. But what did she do? She took off and she went and told as many people as she could. She was investing in the kingdom. She was investing. What are you... What are you uh, going to invest in? Will, will you invest in your own little kingdom? 
that can be shaken, or, or will you invest in the kingdom of God that will never be shaken? The, the third guy here has a, really he has a poor perspective. This last guy, we, we see him, and he has a poor perspective, and he just maintained. That's what he did. It's easy to get in that place if we're not careful. But see, the, the master still gave him a chance, though. If you notice that right off the top, he gives him a bag of gold, right? He still gives him within that 58 to 80 pounds. He said, go invest this thing and, uh, and hold on to this while, while I'm gone and do something good with it. Uh, but, he, but this guy, he, he basically kept the status quo. He didn't invest what he received. He just took the thing and buried it. He had the ability, otherwise the master would not have given him that single bag of gold. Look at what Jesus says there in chapter 25 of Matthew, verse 24. It says, then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, here's perspective. I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you lazy, and, you lazy wicked servant. You knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? He questioned him. Well, then, you should have put my money on deposit with the banker so that when I return... I would have returned, uh, received it back with interest. He's challenging this guy. It's like this guy thought, well, he knew best. But the master also only gave him one bag of gold and compared to the guy he gave to five and two. So the master already knew, hey, this guy, he's not top notch, but, he, but he's, he's growing. Maybe he can do something out of this. And so then you look at the next verse there. And in verse 28, he says, So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they, they have will be taken from them. And, and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. We, we see this situation here. He's like, wait a second, that's not very nice. What's the deal here, God? Uh, but, but the guy, he had that opportunity to, to invest. And, and the, the master actually gave him that, that bag so that he could do something with it. Whether we've got one or five, doesn't really matter. Whether we have tons of gifts or tons of abilities or not much ability, that, that's not really the point. See, this guy didn't even get it. He didn't even understand the master at all. He, he didn't understand. He, he misunderstood the kingdom of God. This third servant accuses his master of being a hard man. And, and the servant is saying that the master is greedy. Basically, he's exploiting the labor of others in harvesting where, where he hasn't even sown. And he's putting the servant in an unfair position. Should he take the risk of trying to invest that one talent entrusted to him? And then he's not going to see any profit anyway. See, the risk was worth it, though. The risk was worth it. He, he just didn't get it. Are, are, you, are you in the habit of saying, uh, you can do it on your own, God? 
Have you ever said that? You can do it on your own, God. You, you don't really need me. But see, that's not the way God has designed things. It's easy in our carnal mind, in our natural mind, to, to think that, God, you can do this all on your own. Why in the world do you need us? But the, He created us. And then He also has entrusted us and given us a job to do. It'd be nice to say just the pastor's job or just the board's job. No, it, it's all of God's people's job, all of us. Every one of us have the responsibility set before us, whether he's given us uh, a, a little bitty a little bitty a coin that's not worth much or if he's given us 10 million of those things. It doesn't really matter. What matters is that we take what we've been given and we use it for his glory. He's designed things where he empowers you and myself and he's commissioned us to invest. He's commissioned us to invest, to, to serve the broken and the downhearted, to inspire hope for those who have lost hopefulness. Because in the day that we live, there's many people who've lost hopefulness. And you may have that one encouraging word to encourage somebody to help them to get past the place where they're at right now. You say, oh, I don't know that I have much to give to that. Uh, you probably do. You probably have more than you understand. Sometimes all it takes is just that one encouraging word. Are you in the habit of saying, but you can do it on your own, God? Today, you and I have this opportunity to take life by the horns, really. To take this message of hope to those who are near us, those who are far away from us, we don't have time to waste. Even if we do have plenty of time, we need to keep pressing forward in our faith because Jesus laid it out early on. Don't become like this last guy with the bag of gold. It's like he didn't even care. And he said, God, how could you let destruction happen like this? Think about the world we live in. And you hear those questions, how could God allow this to happen? How could God allow that to happen? Well, we live in a sinful and a broken world. Mankind has chosen to go on their own way. They've chosen to do what they want to do. And because of that, it causes a lot of people to suffer. Sure, there are some good people out there. But sin, from the very beginning, has destroyed. And it's harmed people forever. And it will continue to happen until we meet the Lord face to face. Would you stand with me this morning? Where, where are you investing? Where are you investing? God has given you that bag of gold. He's given you that bag of copper, whatever it is that he's provided for you uh, and for your abilities, your gifts and your skills were provided for you for a reason and a purpose. You know, sometimes people, they disdain their gifts, their skills. And they'll say things like this, yeah, but all I know how to do is this. All I can do is I can paint houses. That's all I can do. You can paint houses. You know, you have to step back just a little bit. Not everybody can paint houses and not do it like you do it. And you say, well, I don't know. I can't do much of anything. But those gifts and those things that God has put in you, he gives them to you for a reason and for a purpose. And sometimes what happens to us in life is we get so focused on the negative side of that that we don't allow God to work and do in us and through us what he wants to do. 
each and every one of us have something to be able to invest. Stay strong. Stay serving. It's there where you're investing that you will soon see a return. Sometimes we see the return quickly. Sometimes we, receive, we see the return uh, in a long time, right? Nevertheless, a return is a return. As long as it's good, right? Don't, don't keep that, 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 that smelly, that, that, that poor uh, thinking that, that is short-term thinking only. Too many times we, we, uh, we, we think in that way. We, we think short-term, well, God, just, just get me to here. Well, it's okay to have short-term goals, and it's good to do that, right? It's a positive thing. But in our life, in our faith, we need to be able to have those short-term goals. But in the long term, we need to have some long-term goals as well and recognize that we need to see that God is going to do something not just for today, but for tomorrow as well. You know, sometimes when people see the, the things that have happened in the past few years, they're like, well, what's the use? Yeah. That can happen. We can gain that mentality. We can build that mentality in our lives. But we have to be able to change that because we don't know the day or the hour when he will return. We don't know. We don't know. We're leaving that in his hand. If we have a responsibility, he's entrusted us with something wonderful. And so now we need to be able to take the time that we have and invest it with everything we can. You're here for a reason. I'm here for a reason. God has a plan for each and every one of us. And if he, keeps us, uh, if, if he keeps us here on this earth, he has a purpose and a reason for us being here. And we want to keep serving however we can. Maybe some say, you know, I don't know how I can do it anymore in the same way. Maybe you can't do it the same way. That doesn't matter. There's a way that you can do. Jesus said this. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I'm going to pray this morning. My, Pastor Michael and the team are going to lead us in a worship song, and our prayer teams are going to come. We're going to be willing to pray for you. If you have some specific prayers you, you need to pray, you need God to work in your life, the altars are open, though, too, if you just want to come and pray. I want to challenge you. Where are you investing? And you need to ask God, what and how do you want me to invest? Some of you already know the answer to that. You, you already answered it in your heart, and you probably know, and some don't. You're not sure yet. Take this time as we worship. Take this time as a prayer to pray and ask God, how do you want me to invest? How do you want me to invest? Maybe it's starting off for a few things for yourself. Remember, it's not only about yourself, it's about others around you as well. Let's take this time. Let me pray for you and then we'll worship the Lord. Father, we're your people. We're the sheep of your pasture. We're the ones that you've created and formed the word of your mouth and father we need you more than anything that we need in this world in this life 
We need your grace and your power. And we know that you've entrusted us with some wonderful things. You've entrusted us with with, with the, the, the great blessings of the kingdom of God. And I pray that, Father, that you would help us to recognize how, how and where we need to invest. Maybe for some you say you're in the right spot. You're investing where you need. But some you say, I, I need you to branch out just a hair bit. I need you to branch out of where you're at. But Father, I, I don't know. But Father, here we are, not only as individuals, but as a body as well. Here we are, Father. We're here for you. We are not here for our own reasons. Father, may your kingdom come. And may your will be done in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.